The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome. The Retirement Clinic is on WISM. Your host, Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarland from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. You noticed I picked her first? Of course. Ladies <laughs> first. I'm okay with that. Ladies She's probably the smarter of the two, too. <laughs> Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? Good. Jeff Kowal is founder of the Kowal Investment Group. Marie McFarland, let me get your title straight, because I know this is, this is a big deal, all the testing and levels. There are people that call themselves financial advisors, but there's different designations within that, right? Yes. So I have the Certified Financial Planner designation, the CFP. The CFP, which means you do what? Financial planning. (laughs) And mainly at your place, Jeff, it's retirement planning. Absolutely. And it's more than just getting a designation because there are some designations you can get on weekends. But for her and for me with my designation, it's uh, a series of college-level courses in accounting, investments, insurance, taxes, estate planning, social security, all those things that comprise what our clients are going through in retirement. So that's more than so she modestly says, I'm a CFP. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> well, it's uh, you and all of your um, your great staff at, at the Coal Investment Group with the market updates, Marie. Of course, the word volatile is always seems to be said on the show, markets go up, they go down. You guys do the Monday through Friday reports on the Mark Belling show. To me, this is just me. The last few weeks seem a little bit more stable. Is that the proper word? Digestible. I think (laughs) most people are having an easier time digesting the last few weeks. (laughs) And what moves the markets? Why they go up and down, Jeff? When they go up and down? Uh, Your focus, your niche is retirement. How many locations now, Jeff? Several. Five or six. Waukesha? Port Washington, Phoenix, uh, uh, Highway 20 in Racine, and then the Heartland office. Yeah. But Monday through Friday we do, and you, you said, what drives the market each day? It could be uh, market reports, uh, I mean, uh, corporate earnings reports, uh, it could be a government report, it could be any number of things that causes the market to go up or down. Um, so we address that every day, 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block, and AM 1130 WISN, right in the top of the hour at 3 o'clock. We, again, we give you a minute of what's going on, what's driving the markets that day. We wrap it up. We, we try to give you a so what with it as well. How does it apply to your life and your retirement investment planning? And we manage over a billion dollars of assets for our clients. So we've been doing this for our clients for a long time. And then we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, and NASDAQ every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah, that's the roll Monday through Friday. Jeff, every weekend at 10 o'clock here on WISM, we get a chance to talk for a full hour about retirement. Now, a lot coming up on the show, the boss segment, which is for business owners, their savings and security. That's with Aaron Kowal, along with the wealth management and preservation segment. Those are the weekly features. But Marie, we start with you. Yeah, today I'm starting with um, an article from Kiplinger's Retirement Report. And the title is, You Need a Plan to Crack Your Nest Egg. I chose this article because we see this often at Kowal Investment Group. So a lot of clients come to us and um, new clients coming in come to us asking how to crack my nest egg. So I would say cracking your nest egg has to do with distributions from your retirement savings and also how much you can take out. 
So the article kind of goes through and says, it was drilled into your entire working life that you need to save and save and save more for retirement. So now that you've retired, what exactly are you supposed to do with that money? Um, This is one area that we find is extremely important when our clients go through retirement. So it's really, like I mentioned before, been drilled in your head to save, but it's never been drilled in our heads on how to take out our savings when we retire and also how to digest that from an emotional standpoint when we retire. So the biggest thing is making sure we don't spend too much too early because we could be broke over our lifetime, or I should say when we're very old, we have that, you know, it could happen. And then you also don't want to spend too little because you could be too old to enjoy your money. So it's definitely not a one size fits all strategy, but needs some thought put into it. This conversation you have with your, your clients to sit down, how much you spending? What's your cash flow like yes. in retirement? For years you've been working and you've had a budget. Now all of a sudden you've got a new lifestyle and probably a different cash flow on a yeah. monthly basis. And a different purpose, right? So when you were working, a lot of clients, you know, it's just habit. I invest into my 401k. I have 20% go in or whatever the case might be. And all of a sudden you shift. And if you retired in 2022, you no longer have that savings going in. And in fact, you've shifted to pull out your savings from those accounts that you're used to seeing get bigger and bigger. Um, so yes, we have those conversations with our clients often. The other important thing um, that it points out is what is unpredictable in retirement. And I'll go through lots of examples of what can be unpredictable. And so what I like to stress to clients and new clients coming in is that you have to be flexible. Retirement, the key is to be flexible with what kind of portrays through your life because you could plan all day long for this easygoing retirement, nothing abruptly changes, and then all of a sudden maybe your child has a healthcare situation and you want to be able to help fund that. So the unpredictable pieces for retirement planning is really important. We go through that with clients. Some of those are out of your control too, Maria. Yeah. I mean, most of them are at the end of the day. So for example, one client, um, I have husband and wife are working um, and that they agree, so it's interesting because they agree she'll have a long, she'll have longevity. So they want to plan for her to live to a hundred, but for him, they agree that he won't have longevity. Oh yeah, what they pick? Eighties. So <laughs> when it comes to planning, like that's a unique situation where we need money to last for her until age one hundred, but not necessarily for him at age eighty. Um, and so it's you know this is something that's somewhat unpredictable because he could live to 100 and she could well, live to 80. Yet, I was just going to say, none of us know, Jeff, for years on this show, you've talked about that. We're all going to die. Chances mm-hmm. of dying are 100%. That's right. <laughs> Guaranteed. With certainty. So what do you plan for? Now she's shooting for 100, which means you need more money than possibly that 82-year-old. Yes. Right? Yep. And so it looks a little different. I think um, we do have actuarial actuarial information to give estimates and you know um averages that you could live but at the end of the day it all depends on health and of course things that we can't predict so i will say that another example of unpredictable is market returns we've kind of seen that through 2020 and 2022 and unfortunately there's no um 
let's call it like a book that says, okay, 2024 is going to be up. 2025 is going to be down. Like we don't have that crystal ball. And so this is another thing that can be unpredictable. And how long do market returns stay down or how long do they stay up? And so being able to help our clients prepare for that and understand that each year is going to look different. It'll never be this perfect situation where every year is the same. It, it can't be. We were in a bull market, Jeff, for years and years and years, and you got a little comfortable. In fact, you got really comfortable looking at your retirement plan. A lot of people don't realize we're in a bull market now. This is October. We really the S&P 500 is up 20%. So See? we are, but, you, but does it feel like that after losing 20% no. last year? No. Or what, what's being portrayed, too. I mean, everywhere oh, sure. you turn, it's negative, negative, negative. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's yeah. like one of, like having a football team that's got a good record, but they don't seem very good. We've had that with the Packers oh, over sure. the years, right? It's like, really? They're 13-3? and three? They didn't seem yep. that good. And uh, we all have recency bias, right? Last year was recent, and so all we think is negative, negative, negative. So we continue to think negative, negative. And recency then 2020, bias. I've yeah. never heard that. In this 2021, is- after 2021, going into 2022, you had this recency bias where all the market did was go up in 2021. You were making, all I of think a sudden, this is a great point, Marie, because it is in your memory, your last... Yeah. Again, the football thing, it's so perfect. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, you've lost for 30 straight seasons. You yeah. just expect to you're going to lose. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going <laughs> to, though. Oh, yeah, it does. For the Lions, it does. <laughs> and it probably doesn't hurt as much when you do lose because your expectation is that you're going to lose. And similar to the market, if you are getting used to losing. When it, it goes down, it's hard yeah. to take. Yeah. Or if you're planning on retiring, picking that, that age. I was going to retire, but now I don't think I have enough money. Yeah. Well, with the right planning with our team, you should still be able to retire. Um, so that's another big thing is kind of markets. They're unpredictable. Um, and they should be unpredictable. That's the risk of investing. They always will be. If you're in them, they will never really have that. Uh, you can't pr- make any predictions in the stock market. Marie. No. You can have opinions, but... Uh... Yeah, you can't be right all the time either 100 percent of the time exactly. so another um unpredictable is inflation so we've kind of experienced that recently too so again working with our clients and getting an understanding of okay what does longevity look like what could it possibly look like worst and best case scenarios and the same thing for market returns and inflation um if you i would say if you're sitting there digesting what I'm explaining and you have a thought like, hey, that's actually me. I've never thought about how I'm going to take out income from my portfolio. I would say now's the time to give us a call and go through and start that process of digesting what those unpredictable factors look like. Um, So getting back to kind of how do I take income from the portfolio I saved, there's lots of different ways to strategize on how to take distributions. Um, Again, it's not, uh, this is the way it works no matter what, but there's this rule called 4% rule. Uh, Most people have heard of it. It's pretty common. Um, But essentially, a financial advisor, William Bignan, in 1994, analyzed a portfolio from 1926, I believe, to 1977. And he noticed that if you maintained a 4% withdrawal, your money could possibly last 30 years of retirement. And that's assuming you stayed invested, so kind of a key word, um, and you were invested in somewhere between a 50-50 allocation to a 60-40 allocation. 
So 50% equities to 50% bonds, mm-hmm. 60% equities to 40%. And the bonds. idea is to take 4% of that a year, but it's 4% of what, right? We all have a different uh, lifestyle. Or, well, or- 4% of the portfolio value. So if you're million dollars, yeah. your 4% is 40,000 for the there year. And then next year, if it grows to 1.2 million, you'd take 42,000 for that year. Yeah. So every year you would take 4% of what that portfolio, it could go Je- down. Jeff, it used to mean a million dollars. I thought that'd be plenty for retirement. Times change, inflation can happen, things change. Is that enough? Inflation can happen, life can happen, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. We're looking at portfolios with 2 million, 3 million, $5 million or more. We used to do seminars, and we still do. And we would look around and say, how much income do you want in retirement? And people would look at each other in, in the workshop, and then somebody would say, I want 100%. I want 100% of what I'm making now. So no, like, just status quo. Right. I retire, want, but everything else they don't is want, the same. Because some of the numbers said, you can live off of 60%, you can live off of 65%. They were, they would, and then everybody else would say, I was thinking the same thing. I want 100%. So those are the calculations we do. And Marie brings up a great point. Well, that 4% rule is interesting too, Jeff. You've talked about that over the years, right? Oh, sure. Kind of yeah, the golden standard. Yeah, that's kind of safe rate to pull out. Uh, but if Marie brought up a great point, if you have a thought that some of these things, that these unpredictable things are that you're facing now, give us a call because chances are you need to address it right away. And chances are you don't know the right questions to ask. We find out that out all the time that, well, had you thought about this? What about this? And they, it's not even on their radar screen. So great mm-hmm. points. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, the com. More information on your website, including your phone number, 262-522-4040. The one number for all branches. You can reach anybody at the Kowal Investment Group. And questions on the show, we direct to 262-522-4040. Marie McFarland and Jeff Kowal are hosting the Retirement Clinic today. Marie, great start. You've got more stuff yes, on your we list. Do. So I wanted to go through... A- so we talked about the 4% rule is kind of a rule of thumb, I guess you could call it, but not every situation looks like that. And I think that's extremely important to understand. So for example, I have one client I'm working with and um, she was, let's call it like forced to retire. Um, So some more reorganizations happened and all of a sudden retirement's now instead of three years from now. And so distribution's going to look completely different than what we had been planning for, but that's okay because we had been planning. Um, And so the 4% rule, like what I want to get at here is that she's most likely, well, she is going to take more than 4% of her portfolio to start because we are waiting till her full retirement age for social security. So waiting to get that larger social security, um, check for her, especially because it's just her plan. So it's only her and longevity reasons. We are assuming she'll live quite some time, especially with history, or I should say parent history of longevity. And so here's a situation where the 4% rule wouldn't necessarily work for her. She wouldn't be able to sustain her income needs and essentially would have to go back to work. And right now, since we've done a good job planning over the last few years, she doesn't have to go to back to work unless so she truly do, wants to. How far to. do you tick up? You at five, six, seven? Do you just do the numbers? and? Yeah, you just have to do the numbers and understand like she cut back a little bit, right? Because she is going to be on a fixed income, but 
at the same time, I would say she's maintaining the same lifestyle she had while she was working. The difference is she's not saving 20% of her income anymore, right? So she can take that off the table and then she drops an income um, from a tax perspective. So she doesn't owe as much in tax. And so I would say she's maintaining the same lifestyle, but will take more than the 4%. I would probably put it around 7 until 7% until she gets to social security age and then it would reduce back down under the 4% and let the portfolio recover. So it's a good story. It started out bad. You're forced to retire so you're losing a job that you did you plan on having for at least yeah. you said 3 years. Yep. On the flip side, she gets to re, she's retiring early because she did as you said have a a good plan in place. Correct. To and survive. us to help her like through those next few years because yeah. It is different, right? So all of a sudden seeing you take 7% of your portfolio, that's a big deal. And you can't sustain that forever. And so um, having us here go through all of those different unique situations is really important. Um, And the distribution side of it too. So what accounts to take from, how much from each account is important because you have all those different types of accounts that are taxed differently. Now, some people do and have been forced to go back to work. We heard stories not just over COVID, but in general, you may miscalculate and think you've had enough and maybe social security hasn't kicked in yet and you just, you need that cash flow, that that income. Yeah, I would say that is common. I haven't had any clients. I don't think any clients of our had go back to work. Um, they go back because they want they, to, not because they, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> That's they a good point, it. Jeff. That um, some people want to for the social aspect. We've talked about it. Yes. They're not just the Walmart greeter. That's the one we bring up, and it could be for many, many reasons. You just like socializing. Yeah. 15, I have a 20 lot hours that a week. Went back, especially after COVID, for a few hours a week, doing something they enjoy, whether they like to shop at that place or whether they like the idea of what the place is. Like just hand their lot. checks over, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also healthy for one's psyche. Right, mm-hmm. coming out of the pandemic, especially if you're up there in years, you need you need to socialize. Yeah, and That's, have a group to go to and keep your brains, you know, thinking active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another example of a distribution strategy would be the RMDs only, so required required minimum distributions only. Um, Usually I would say this strategy, so I have quite a few clients that are on the strategy, it's best for those who don't need to take money out of their accounts to live on. Um, So for example, it's not going to be very common moving forward, but for example, a few clients who have multiple pensions and have their social security coming in, that's plenty of income for them to live on, so they don't need anything in addition to that. The RMD means at some point, at some age, you have to take the minimum. Correct. 73 now. Um, so they won't take distributions from their portfolio until they hit their required minimum distribution age. And then they'll start utilizing that money. And some people actually continue to save it for mm-hmm. their heirs. So I was just going to say in the meantime, that nest egg could be growing. Oh yeah, it is growing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Significantly. You want it to grow in that time. If you're not touching it till 72, let's see it go up a little bit. Yep. Yeah. 73. And then a lot of times it's 73. 73. Yeah, That's the, the pensions. Yeah. They don't need the money. So they take that Distribution, pay tax, and put it right, turn around, and put it right back into their individual account, joint account, or trust account, and have the wealth continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And usually, it's because they want their heirs, their beneficiaries, to inherit a substantial amount of wealth. And so then we can look at other strategies, Roth conversions for them, making sure you know their their beneficiaries are inheriting tax free um, accounts versus tax. Marie, the planning accounts. never stops. You might retire. Uh, I've been using the Coal Investment Group all along for planning purposes. I retire. My relationship with you doesn't stop. Uh, oh, no. You you work with us through retirement. Yes, all the way through retirement. And making changes 
if needed. Yes. As needed. As needed, I would say, is pretty common. I mean, think of a married, you know, couple. At some point, someone's going to pass before the other one. Uh, The likelihood of you passing at the same time is... Jeff, it tells the guy. No, that's... You shouldn't joke about death, but we do pass away earlier. On average, yes. On average, American men uh, live less than women. So, yeah, you have lots of things that could deviate from the original plan, that being one of the bigger ones. Health um, situations, those change pretty often. Um, And then kids. You know, I've noticed a lot of clients I've worked with, their kid situation change, and so that may change actually my clients' financial situations depending on what's going on. Kids coming back home or things like that? Kids coming back home and then kids... um, What about stepchildren? What if I'm I'm on my second marriage and... Yeah, that's a different my, type of thing. My planning. second wife mm-hmm. has kids. Yes, especially so I want them to if be you a part of mine. Yep. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of moving parts, Jeff. There are. Grandkids. Depends how nice that second wife is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a part Oops. of it, too. <laughs> my last Oops. thing to go through was uh, taxes. So when it comes to the distribution side of um, you know, taking your savings, like the the article goes through, we have to keep in mind taxes. Not every account is treated the same from a tax standpoint. So again, here's an example of clients that I have, and majority of their assets are in pre-tax accounts, which means anytime we take money out of those accounts, it's taxed at ordinary income tax rates. So the more I take, the more tax they're going Mm -hmm. to pay. And so we have to keep in mind, okay, where are they for a tax threshold? And then are we taking too much where their Medicare premiums might go up? And so all these things you have that could affect another thing that you're not even thinking about from a distribution side, because most people I've talked to, they're like, oh, I have a million dollars in pre-tax account. I'm like, well, actually, that's probably more like 600000 right. after tax. So That's a big bite out of it. I mean, yeah. Depending on how you're taking it. Of out, course. Right? It's, it depends. Same with uh, you know teaching your kids about that first paycheck they receive. Yes. Don't look at the gross. How much are the, you net? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, Dad. What, yeah. oh, where's this money going? To the government. You know. um, you've got to include taxes with your plan no matter what. Yeah. So yes. to kind of wrap it all up, there's so many things you have to think about when you come... When it starts, when you start thinking about distribution, so there's so many strategies you have to keep in place, and so many unpredictable factors that you have to keep in mind. Um, and this is exactly why you would work with us. So our team of advisors are knowledgeable. We've helped lots and lots of retirement clients and continue to help them as they're going through their retirement and help them navigate all of these situations. So like I mentioned before, if this sounds familiar or you've been having these feelings or these thoughts like, hey, maybe I should engage in a conversation, you should give us a call um, at 262-522-4040 and we can go through your options and see how we can help you address them. Marie McFarland, Certified Financial Planner at the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Special hosting the show today along with Jeff Kowal, the founder. Jeff, since how many years has it been now? 1987, 36 years. 36 wow. years of, and, and this show, going back to 2001, the market updates every day, Monday through Friday, dating uh, before that. 97, yep. Yeah, even longer. So Jeff, if I've got a question, I should call the office 262-522-4040, as Marie said. 
you have the next segment on the show. What's coming up? Sorry, a couple of things I want to touch on. One is just to piggyback a little bit on what Marie was talking about. The running out of money is the top retirement worry, according to a, be- a report in Barron's. Running out of money. That's a big problem. And the other one is retirement savings changes you should be know about for 23 and 24. The Secure Act 2.0, they think, oh, there's just a couple changes. No, there's like 90 changes in it. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The It'll Se- be exciting and interesting, too. We've talked about the Secure <laughs> Act and then the Secure Act 2.0, right? We're still on two, correct? Yes. Okay. Still well, that's on 2.0. Jeff will tell us more about that in the meantime. Let's take a quick break. The Retirement Clinic with Marie McFarland and Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Kronforst. Saturdays at 10 on WISN. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, you are entirely responsible for your own retirement planning. And if you have employees, you likely feel responsible for helping them as well. There are several retirement savings plans available, so it is important to explore all the plan options to understand which retirement savings plan is best suited for you and your employees. Here are some of the plan options available for small companies with employees. The SEP IRA, which is a simplified employee pension plan, is available to companies with one or more employees. This is a cost-effective plan and relatively simple to run. The Simple IRA. This plan is designed for sole proprietors and businesses with 100 or fewer employees. And Small Business 401k. This plan can be established and maintained by most companies, including for-profit, non-profit, and partnerships. If you are a sole proprietor, an IRA or individual 401k are retirement savings plans you should consider. Each plan has its advantages and disadvantages. Understandably, choosing the right retirement savings plan for you and your employees may seem like an overwhelming task. Fortunately, the United States Department of Labor website does provide information and resources to get you started. And enlisting the help of an industry professional can help you help guide you in the right direction. If you need help navigating retirement savings plan options as a small business owner, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thecowalway.com. Since Retirement Clinic continues, Marie McFarland, Certified Financial Planner, Jeff Kowal, Founder of the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist, here today hosting the program. And, and Jeff, now we're, we're coming out of Aaron Kowal's boss segment. That's for business owners, savings, and security. You work with business owners. That's right, especially if you're close to selling your business. You wonder, you've worked a lifetime, not unlike what Marie was talking about, accumulating your wealth in retirement plans and savings, but now your wealth is tied up in your retirement, in your, uh, in your business. Now you're selling that business. How do you transfer that wealth into income for yourself and for your family for the rest of your life. So we work with that all the time. So good job, Aaron. Um, I want to touch on following up a little bit on what uh, Marie was talking about with regard to um, just uh, when, when somebody is leaving work and they have to switch modes from accumulating to spending. And one of the things that Marie does very well is what's called cash flow projection. In that, we do what's called uh, a bad timing scenario. Everybody thinks that the day that they leave work is the day the market's going to tank and not recover. (laughs) It's just waiting for me to retire, you to retire. The day that that happens, 
So we uh, we do a cash flow projection to take into account duplicating 2008 and 2009 right after you retire. So Marie's talking about, do you have to go back to work right away? We'll we'll make it comfortable for you. We just went worked with a client on that that had quite a bit of assets, but he was still worried. He was still in the accumulation mode, and he and his wife they still thank me about it. About you know now they feel comfortable walking away from work because they feel even with bad timing, even if something bad happens in the markets. And oddly enough, not oddly enough, uh, not surprisingly, Barron's had this report running out of money is a top retirement worry. The number one fear of those in and preparing for retirement is outliving their assets, a new report finds. 58% of respondents across generations reported the greatest retirement fear is outliving their assets due to poor planning, investment performance. That's in a poll of 401k participants by Cerulea Associates. They do a pretty nice job with this. They come out every once in a while with reports. The sense of precarity isn't surprising giving lengthening lifespans, inadequate savings, and the financial woes of facing Social Security. So they said, okay, this, again, we address this all the time with our clients. Uh, we ran our, ca- our calculations out to age 100. Uh, people don't want to live to age 100. We met with a doctor last week, and he says, when, eight, when they're 85, they're checking out. A lot of them, a lot of them. They don't care what age they break even on Social Security. And not, there are very many active people at age 85 that are happy, energetic, engaged all the way to 100. That's very so, interesting you mentioned that. Right. Some people say, well, I'm, my day is up when God says it's up. And yeah. other, other people actually, I've heard from friends that say the same, Jeff. I don't want to be on 85. Yeah. That'd be a fine life for me, and they but accept that, it. Yeah, we struggle with, you know, if you if you take Social Security here, if you don't take it out, you'll break even at age 85. And my doc, this guy said, they don't care if they're breaking even. If they get more money earlier, a lot of times that's more meaningful to them at that point than to have income, a higher income that lasts after age 85. So in this example, Jeff, 85, do you plan then? For 85? Well, we'll plan for age 100 because we always say what happens if you screw up and live a long time. (laughs) Exactly. You blow through life expectancy, and that's what people are doing now. But the problem is, again, um, lifespans, uh, inadequate savings, inappropriate planning or no planning, and then problems with Social Security. This is one thing that's just nuts in my mind. (laughs) The article says most observers expect lawmakers to avert that catastrophe. They're, not, they're worried about their own pocketbooks. They're not worried about... Well, to count on a government, you'd say counting on the government. Yeah, counting on to, the government. The government's going to step in and take care of me. No, they're not. That's not going to happen. At least don't expect or plan That's on it. That's crazy that, that you would even think about this. Oh, they're expecting the government to help if they run out of Yes, they'll assets. step in. Oh, yes. my goodness. See, in, in one sense, they're saying, yeah, we're worried about Social Security. Social Security last lasting. Next paragraph, they're saying, yeah, but the government will take care of us. It's like... Yeah, that's a... <laughs> So according to Cerulli's research, Social Security is the primary source of income for 54% of U.S. retirees. Of this year, one-fifth have no secondary source of retirement income. Those are the ones that think, well, the government will take no. Even retirees, retirees with sizable nest eggs report relying on Social Security as their chief income source. 
Of those with assets between a half a million and $2 million in household assets, 36% cited Social Security as their primary source of income. So even if you've accumulated some wealth, you'd like to keep some of that wealth for the next generation. Wait, to how many? Gifting. The percentage that cited Social Security? 36% still said of those with half a million to $2 million, okay. still said they rely on Social Security as their primary source of income in retirement. So that nest egg is just sitting there and growing. Yeah, and I think that that's grow. why they like that. Yeah. Once and they've got the peace of mind knowing that if the market drops, they'll be okay. Market goes up, they'll be okay. If they want to give money to kids, go on vacations, other things, they'll be okay. So that's why two million is a good number, Paul. Two to three million is a good number. Yeah. No, I, that may seem high to some, but Jeff, again, look at and you factor in, Jeff. You always factor in inflation when you do. Uh, Absolutely, yes. Planning out and the we've increased increase that with the planning that we do. We take into account taxes, as Marie had mentioned before. We take into account estate planning. Make sure you don't have unintended beneficiaries. Yeah, the the one thing I hope people's kids <laughs> that would be unintended. You yeah, don't be plan unintended. on you don't plan on a lot of life's things, as Marie said before. Uh, much of it's, if not most, is out of our control. Mm-hmm. But if it happens. Uh, you know, are you covered? You got a plan. Uh, so that's what we talk about here. It is the retirement clinic. Jeff, what else you got for us? Well, the other part of this is since we work with our clients on it, on this daily, everyone knows the, the latest rules regarding the, uh, retired two point, uh, secure act 2.0 past December ago contains more than 90 provisions affecting retirement savings plans, such as individual retirement accounts and 401k workplace plans. Only some changes are effective this year. Others will take effect in 2024 through 2027. In 2025, as an example, limits on catch-up contributions to 401ks and simples will be increased. Catch-up contributions. Um, Other things in here that are important, especially for this year. There are so many parts, moving parts to the law, and the effective dates are all over the board, says Sarah Brenner, Director of Retirement Education at Ed Slot and Company, a good friend of mine. This year, here are some of the key changes to age for taking mandated annual retirement withdrawals known as required minimum distributions or RMDs erased to 73 from 72. It was 70 and a half before the SECURE Act. Uh, the penalty... Uh, before the SECURE Act of 2020. Let me clarify that. SECURE is an acronym, just to make sure I'm not screwing it up. Setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Months ago on the show, I asked Marie out of the blue what that stood for, and you nailed it. (laughs) You got it done. How many Americans could tell you what the SECURE Act 2.0 meant, right? So, um, See, I remember the old, I I joke about this all the time. The ERISA rules, Employees Retirement Income Security Act. That's what it stands for. It's protected retirees' income. And when it came out, we referred to it as every rotten idea since Adam. (laughs) That's ERISA. ERISA, yeah. There's so many acronyms in your industry, Jeff. Well, in a lot of industries there are, but... uh, Well, the penalty for missing RMDs is reduced from 50% to 25% now. So that's a big change. So if you didn't take your RMD, you would have to pay 50%. So not adding insult to injury, you'd still have to take the required minimum distribution. Then you have to pay a 50% penalty. Now it's reduced to 25% from 50% and even 10% if corrected in a timely manner. It's basically the same way. Again, we work with with our clients all the time. So we try to make it so that we never miss RMDs. And everybody in our firm from top to bottom, we all talk retirement planning. So our client service specialists, everybody from top to bottom, we're all talking retirement planning and we don't miss RMDs. 
A statute of limitations now created. I'm going to skip that one. Uh, Roth after-tax contributions can be made to SEP and simple IRAs. So now you can make Roth after-tax contributions. There's one that's very important that this is just so overlooked. Employer matching contributions to a Roth IRA can now be made. Before, you could make your contributions to a Roth, and I always suggest people do that, especially younger people. And then the company match would go into a traditional one, so you'd pay taxes on that uh, later on in life. Now a company match can also go into a Roth IRA, and I think that that's How high very can they powerful. match up to, Jeff? Well, typically it? the amount is $30,000 now but, uh, uh, is how much you can put in if you're 50 or better. That's how much you can put in. Then it depends on what the company match is. But let's say the company matches 5% and you're putting in $1,500. Yeah. So like and they could, two. like employers could do dollar for dollar. Sure. So if they did, so they could do a hundred percent match if they wanted to. They, that would be very yeah, very <laughs> nice. Some, and there's very, a few. Let's just say not very, very unusual many. as well. Yeah. Some might do a dollar for dollar match up to say five thousand dollars. That so I'll take it. But the right? nice part about that is that five thousand dollars could go to a Roth right away, which you couldn't do. You, before you couldn't this. do before, right? So, so again, new changes, Jeff. Twenty three and twenty four. Very right? important. The thousand dollar catch up contribution to IRAs and four hundred one k's for those fifty and older are going to be indexed for inflation. Qualified charitable distributions, QCDs will be indexed. There are just so many rules, and they're constantly changing. Individuals work with us because they know that we keep up with these changes so they don't have to. Jeff, uh, I, are you done? I don't want to Yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I could go through another 40 because there's oh. 90 there. So. Are you kidding me? These things, That's my whole point. They change every year. Tax laws change. Um, how much you can put into your 401k, your, your IRAs, all of that stuff, Marie, right? It's why you work with financial advisors. One like Marie McFarland. She is a certified financial planner. Jeff Kowal, founder of the Kowal Investment Group. I tell you what, we'll take a quick break, Spencer. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic. When we come back, it's the weekly feature, Jeff. It's Wealth Management and Preservation. Yep, we're going to talk about securing your digital life. Pretty exciting stuff, really. Ooh. And Well, yeah, and that's where it gets kind of kind of scary with oh, AI. Yeah. yeah, be careful if you're, especially not, if you're not used to this. Okay, so that's next. We'll take a quick break. And coming up with Marie McFarland, Jeff Cole, I'm Paul Cronforce. The Retirement Clinic, Saturdays at 10 on WISN. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, time for the wealth management and preservation segment. Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic on WISN, Jeff Kowal, Marie McFarland are your hosts, and I'm Paul Cronforce. Jeff, real quick, because we're running out of time here, but by way of background, this segment is intended for... A certain segment of our listening Sure, audience. this show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with with a million dollars or more. And actually, you've been doing it with a million for several years, so we should make it for two million or more. But with a million dollars or more, once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs? That's what this segment is for. And what we were talking about a little while ago is that, uh, again, this is a Wall Street Journal article that talked about before you die, secure your digital life. We have clients that have been with us for 25, 30, 35 years. Uh, we walk them through all phases of life when they're anticipating retirement, when they're going through it, when they have to start taking distributions, when they have to take required minimum distributions, when one spouse dies, when they go through sickness, all those things. So these, there are some end-of-life issues that are important to our clients. One that is overlooked but is becoming more important is securing your digital life. The certainties of life and death, right, and li- 
The certainties in life are death and taxes, right? People often arrange for who gets their money, real estate and physical belongings when they die. But what about the digital assets we accumulate in a lifetime? Photos, social media accounts, and more. Digital vaults, things like that. If you don't have your digital matters sorted out or even just spelled out in a memo, you will be burdening loved ones. We had a client die, and he was a real techie. And they had like 60 uh, uh, passwords that they had to try. And some oh of the stuff, this is a year ago, and they still have not gotten all of, through all those things yet. It's a sad situation. Good guy, young guy. After his death, his account began receiving emails saying that payments for iCloud storage were past due and warning that his account would be closed. Credit cards had been locked posthumously. Uh, the daughter said, so automatic payments weren't going through. And when she tried to log into her computer for with the same password, it didn't work. Mr. Sellers, who had passed away, had dementia, apparently changed his Apple ID password and didn't tell her. The thought of losing all those photos made me sick. So they talked about Mr. Sellers' iPad being um, an Apple ID and, and you know, making it a trusted device. And I think that's one thing that you have to do. Marie's the youngest one in this room. We can all agree. Uh, not meaning that you're higher tech than we are, although I'm sure you are. <laughs> but, but this this uh, whole digital age we're in, keeping track of your passwords. Yeah. Thinking of your loved ones after you're gone so they don't have to spend months. Yes. If and not. keeping track of your passwords safely. Like yep. that's a securely is another thing. Not having them on a post-it note underneath your uh keyboard <laughs> uh, and not having or password, in your wallet or <laughs> not having password is all of your passwords yeah <laughs> which is I think or your name and one. then one two three four that's yeah. classic yes you're supposed to change them up but you also got to communicate this effectively to exactly yeah. right and your there's beneficiaries. some apps that you can utilize yeah. to help navigate that um and then also you know having you know, if you're married, your significant other or a trusted contact, really keep track of those passwords too, and maybe do an annual audit, like you do your annual review, annual audit of your passwords and accounts. But I think what Jeff just mentioned, I I can't even imagine like my grandma when she passed, we like went through boxes of pictures and pictures and pictures and all these things that she kept, and then thinking of like, okay, when I pass, I have zero pictures printed, right? Well, they're, they're all digital, digital. They're all and digital. so if people couldn't access them, I feel like that would be such a thousands of thousands yep. yeah it, it, it's a different time jeff there's no doubt about it uh but th knowing the passwords is key that digital age is it's kind of scary in a way but it's not going away we must embrace it learn yep. it and do things yep. the right and way. there are some like marie mentioned bitwarden uh, one password last pass those are things that you could looks like you can store them dash line you could do them relatively inexpensively Anywhere from $36 to $48 a year. Name a legacy contact for online accounts to avoid locking out your loved ones upon your death. Be sure to designate legacy contacts for your cloud-based accounts and notify these people. We have trusted contacts in our office, so we have to name somebody. Uh, you can, and you can name more than one person. And when you're gone, legacy contacts can access photos, messages, notes, files, apps, and, and device backups without having to know your Apple ID password. Um, you know, they, they can't act, this, this I thought was kind of, they can't access your movies, 
your music or your books. Good. <laughs> Too bad. So you can't see the dirty books you were reading. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get your own. I don't want my wife, my daughters, and everybody else looking at what I watch. None of their business. So still some privacy. Not that I haven't had any experience with that. I'm just saying, hypothetically, of course. And then I think, well, another thing that they do is have you plan for your social media accounts. Um, and so they make a point that it is a part of your photo album, right? So instead of having those printed albums, you now have the digital. You have a diary, essentially, and repository of your personal and professional contacts. And so essentially making sure you have a social media plan saying, okay, I definitely want my Facebook to have a legacy or be memorialized and oh, that's stay great. forever. Well, at versus, and I know we got to take a break here, but Jeff, this came up when my dad passed. Nobody thought about it. Yep. His Facebook page was active. And I mentioned it just casually to my mom. She's like, what do you want? She goes, take it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the password? Yep. We actually figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked. We took his Password. profile down. There are relatives of mine that have passed for several years and they're still on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. That is up to the person then, right? Yeah, you can decide if you want to make it a memorialized profile, but it has to be a conversation before anything happens. That's Otherwise, what? your legacy person gets to pick. posting something, they got to start worrying. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> exactly right. One from the post from the grave. That's, that's kind of eerie to think about, but uh, smart stuff with the digital age definitely here and upon us. If you got questions for the retirement clinic, reach out 262-522-4040 with Marie McFarland and Jeff Kowal. We'll be right back on WISN. Wrapping up today's retirement clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarland. Marie, if I've got a question. Yes, call us at 262-522-4040, or you can check us out at thekowalway.com. A lot of social media, like all of them, platforms, right? Yes, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter LinkedIn, um, and then tune in for the market updates, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news block. Monday through Friday on the market. Belling Late Afternoon Show here on WISN, Jeff Kowal. And then we're back next Sunday, 10 o'clock for the Retirement Clinic. June is uh, Men's Health Month, so the Retirement Health Check, seven key points to ensure you're on track. Uh, again, Men's Health Month. Go to thekowalway.com. Yeah, you've got a blog up there, I think, right, uh, Jeff, on the website. So thekowalway.com. Okay, everybody, have a great weekend. The Retirement Clinic Saturdays at 10. See you next Saturday on WISN Milwaukee.